0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the July 16th edition of Warcom Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Folds with Floyd, Scarn, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. More than 1,600 lawsuits are now pending against a major artificial hip maker, Johnson and Johnson, faces a potentially more damaging and costly sequel to the $3 billion recall of its ASR all-metal artificial hips two years ago, one of the most expensive medical device failures in U.S. history. A successor to ASR, the pinnacle metal-on-metal hip system has nearly 1,600 lawsuits pending in the United States courts. Doctors who are tracking large groups of patients with both products estimate that more than 10 percent of the pinnacle all-metal hips will have failed in the next two to three years. Metal-on-metal hip, imp- hip implants were sold on being more durable than those made of other materials such as polyethylene or ceramic. They are meant to last up to 15 years. But as controversy of all metal-on-metal implants heats up, fewer surgeons are using them. A survey taken by the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons in 2010 showed 16% of surgeons were using metal-on-metal implants before the US Food and Drug Administration warned of potential problems. That number dropped to 10% since the FDA warning, and doctors say the number probably has dwindled further. Many patients with the Pinnacle metal-on-metal device are experiencing the same problems as those who got the earlier ASR product, including pain and swelling, Limited Mobility and Dislocation Perhaps most concerning, some doctors say, is the high levels of cobalt and chromium in the bloodstream, resulting from wear of the all-metal implants. Metallosis, as it is known, can lead to cardiovascular, neurological, renal, and thyroid problems, in addition to destroying soft tissue, muscle, and bone. The new round of complaints represents a significant threat for J&J's Orthopedics Unit, whose pinnacle line includes non-metal models and covers a much wider range of products than ASR. A total of 500,000 patients in the United States have received metal and metal hips, according to government data. Of those patients, an estimated 150,000 received the pinnacle device and 37,000 got the ASR implant. But while j and has set aside $3 billion to settle the 3,000 ASR lawsuits, it is fighting complaints related to the Pinnacle device, meaning that patients with virtually identical problems are facing different financial burdens. A civil suit filed by the Orange County District Attorney says that unsafe working conditions at a plastics plant in Rancho Santa Margarita led to a 2009 explosion and the deaths of two workers. The complaint filed against Solus Industrial Innovations, Emerson Power Transmission Corporation, and Emerson Electric is separate from criminal charges that the, the DA is pursuing against two men involved in the industrial accident. Carl Edward Richardson and Roy Thomas Falconbury previously entered not guilty pleas to two felonies in the companion criminal case. A trial date is pending. A March 19, 2009 explosion at the plant instantly killed employees Jose Jimenez and Isidro Echevira. One of the deceased was decapitated from the force of the blast A third employee was injured and the plant was destroyed. The Solis and Emerson firms moved the plastic manufacturing plant from Pennsylvania to Rancho Santa Margarita in 2007. The district attorney alleges that a commercial boiler was discarded at the time in favor of a residential version to avoid the costs and permitting requirements of proper installation. The inexpensive residential heater was unable to heat to the necessary levels for plastic melting. So the automatic safety shutoff protection was dismantled and a new temperature control device to force the heater to work at dangerous levels above its capacity was installed, according to the allegations in the complaint. The overworked heater frequently showed signs of distress, including leaking, and a blown safety valve before finally exploding. With such force, a hole was blown through the roof. Solis, Emerson Power Transmission, and Emerson Electric never reopened the business in Orange County. The companies are accused of recklessness and willful disregard for employee safety, as well as other California Labor Code violations. Besides preventing the companies from operating work environments that run afoul of California law, Civil penalties and restitution to be determined at trial are being sought by prosecutors. And now our fraud report. A 28-year-old former Sequoia Union High School District custodian who collected disability pay for an ankle injury but was spotted running in heels and having sex in a park pleaded not guilty to 10 counts of insurance fraud. Modupi Aduni Martin, who lives in Hayward, first reported an industrial injury in February 2009. And for months afterwards, she hobbled into doctors' offices on crutches, saying she could not work or walk without pain. Insurance investigators put Martin under surveillance. On one occasion, investigators saw Martin using the crutches to walk in and out of a doctor's office, but walking without them a short time later at a gas station. Martin then drove to a park got out of her car, and ran on high-heeled shoes towards her waiting boyfriend. While at the park, prosecutors say she met a man and engaged in sexual activity with him. After doctors viewed the video, they said there was no chance she could be doing those things with an injured ankle. Martin collected more than $43,000 in workers' compensation benefits. She now faces 10 counts of insurance fraud. She entered pleas of not guilty and is currently free on $40,000 bail. Her trial is set for October 22nd. A statewide task force has netted contractors allegedly operating illegally, resulting in 104 enforcement actions. Detectives from the California Department of Insurance, the Contractor State License Board, Employment Development Department and County District Attorney's offices partnered for a series of sweeps at suspected illegal construction sites. Supplied with information in part from the State Compensation Insurance Fund, sweeps were conducted in 11 counties. Enforcement actions were issued for violations including failure to carry workers' comp insurance, underreporting the number of workers to obtain cheaper insurance premiums, and to pay less payroll withholding tax, and cash payment to hide unregulated practices. Sweeps took place in cities within Alameda, Butte, El Dorado, Kern, Los Angeles, Monterey, Orange, Riverside, San Bernardino, Santa Clara, and Yolo counties. These actions resulted in 104 enforcement actions against contractors that failed to obtain the appropriate workers' comp insurance coverage for workers, obtain the required contractor's license, or comply with payroll tax withholding requirements. This enforcement activity is a result of the partnership under the Joint Enforcement Strike Force aimed at aggressively combating the underground economy. And in medical news, a new study said that patients with fibromyalgia treated with the narcolepsy drug sodium oxybate, known as Oxrem, had significant improvements in the important clinical domains of pain and sleep. More than half the patients received 6 grams of the drug and experienced a 30% decrease in pain. In addition, significantly greater improvements in sleep quality as measured by the Jenkins Sleep Scale were seen. More patients on a higher dose experienced an 80% improvement in pain, the researchers said. The researchers reported their findings in the July annals of rheumatic diseases. Researchers said that there is increasing evidence that dysfunctional sleep leads to some of the typical features of fibromyalgia, which suggests that alleviation of sleep disturbances can improve chronic pain. Fatigue improved as well with the treatment. The results from the study demonstrated the association of sleep quality restoration with the multidimensional improvements in fibromyalgia symptoms are consistent with the long-held notion that non-restorative sleep may play a role in the pathophysiology of fibromyalgia. The findings also support the concept that improving sleep quality is a valid therapeutic goal in fibromyalgia treatment. The use of Schedule II opioid painkillers to treat injured California workers has dropped to its lowest level since 2007, according to a new CWCI study. The use of Schedule II opioid painkillers to treat injured workers in California has dropped from 5.8% of workers' compensation prescriptions two years ago to 3.4% of their prescriptions in the fourth quarter of 2011, the most significant drop in a decade. CWCI's study is based on a review of pharmaceutical data from a sample of 9.2 million prescriptions dispensed to California injured workers from 2002 through 2011. The study confirms results of earlier research that noted the surging use and costs of Schedule II opioid analgesics, such as oxycodone, morphine, and fentanyl from 2002 to 2008, and shows that the use of these drugs continued at near-record levels for nearly three years after that, eventually peaking in the second quarter of 2010 new data indicated a recent downturn in the use of Schedule II painkillers. The recent decline was not associated with any specific statutory or regulatory changes addressing the use of opioids in workers' comp, suggesting that the reduction may reflect increased efforts by workers' comp payers to modify medical cost containment, oversight, and tighten controls over the use of Schedule II opioids. Increased public awareness of the risks associated with these drugs may have also contributed by making doctors and their patients more cautious about using these major narcotic drugs. And in financial news, workers' compensation insurance rates are climbing sharply in the North Bay, a trend that the region's brokers attribute to the whittling away at system reforms, rising health care costs, and increasing medical utilization. Insurance brokers now say that most employers can expect premium increases to the tune of 8 to 20 percent. Much of the cost drivers include the cost of health care, an increase in permanent disability claims, increased use of prescription narcotics, and an ever-increasing number of liens filed by providers, according to brokers. Deborah Costa, vice president of Heffernan Insurance Brokers in Petaluma, said that the reason why they're saying rates should be higher is because, at the end of the day, costs are going up. She added that while the reforms of 2004 helped keep costs down, they have been slowly whittled away and that medical inflation has caught up to the reforms. Mike Ryan, a principal with Edgewood Partners Insurance Center in Petaluma, agreed, noting that after several years of falling rates following major reforms in 2004, rates have steadily climbed upward. Last year, insurance companies spent $1.26 on claims and expenses for every dollar taken in from incoming premiums, according to the Rating Bureau. Every comp carrier almost up and down the line is saying that results in California are all underwriting at a loss. And while a number of Californias are delaying the increasing in rates for July 1st, at some point an increase will be inevitable. And in regulatory news, insurers and licensed agents and brokers who are registered users of the free WCIRB online service will notice a number of new features when logging in to the new system. The WCIRB online service now includes an experience modification calculator that can be used to estimate an XMOD by entering a company's classification, payroll, and claims information. The tool includes an auto-complete feature which helps users quickly identify classifications by number or keyword and will test for experience rating eligibility with each new payroll entry. The calculation can be run using January 1, 2012 or July 1, 2012 experience rating plan values and it will be updated in the future to include 2013 values once they are approved. Insurers, agents, and brokers can use this tool to help an employer estimate the impact of a specific claim on XMOD or plan for policy renewal by estimating a future XMOD. The calculator also shows an estimated loss-free experience modification similar to the current experience rating worksheets. The calculator relies on information entered by the user and is for informational purposes only. It is not a published XMOD. To obtain an accurate estimate, users should pay particular attention to entering payroll and loss information for the entire experience period. An ongoing question for many policymakers is whether lump sum settlements in workers' compensation cases help or hurt return to work initiatives for injured workers. Although some believe that settlements discourage return to work, the Workers' Compensation Research Institute's new study shows the opposite. The study author says that we needed to find out whether settlements discourage return to work for injured workers who want to return to work or assist them in closing this chapter of their life and moving forward. The study follows the experience of over 2,000 workers who were injured in Michigan in 2004 and later received a lump sum settlement. WCRI, WCRI followed the employment experience of these workers up through 2008. The study concluded that on average more injured workers returned to work after receiving a lump sum settlement than exited. Average employment in the sample increased from 25% of workers at the time of the lump sum to 32% of workers one year after a settlement. And in other news, the buyers of the state fund's San Francisco office building quickly doubled their investment. Divco West has entered into an agreement to sell 1275 Market Street, a 354,000-square-foot office building in San Francisco, to Dolby Laboratories in a transaction valued at $109.8 million. Dolby will occupy the office tower in its entirety. Just months ago, Divco West and TMG Partners acquired the building from the State Compensation Insurance Fund for a mere $44 million. Dolby will be right at home at 1275 Market. Their 35-year-old building sits on an approximate 1.3-acre parcel in the city's mid-market neighborhood, which is fast becoming a hub for technology and creative companies. Twitter recently claimed roughly 205,000 square feet in the 775,000-square-foot building nearby for its new headquarters. Salesforce.com signed a new lease for 400,000 square feet in the South Financial District. And Macy's.com took nearly 250,000 square feet in the South Financial District as well. The thriving and rapidly expanding tech industry is the leading driver of demand in the San Francisco office market. Buying its own building was one of a limited amount of choices for Dolby in its home city of 36 years. And with that, that's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, for past editions of our news, and for much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports. Using your iPhone, your iPad, or iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Foltz with Floyd, Scarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Please drop by again next week for more news.